Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, my name is Emmy Olea, and my work in progress is Emmy, like the award. I first discovered Emmy's writing through her podcast, Crumbs, and I was bowled over. It's so good. This is Crumbs, my love story. It's a show about the things we settle for and the bits of ourselves that make us who we are. Crumbs is about Emmy's dating experiences as a trans woman recovering from alcoholism and whose mom was a coyote and her grandma ran drugs for the Tijuana cartel. There's so much, so many different topics. And that's what I love about my life and my story that I've lived quite a handful of lives. Emmy has indeed lived many lives. And when I learned that Crumbs was actually just a sliver of her larger memoir, I knew I had to have her on work in progress. So today, we're going to dig into Emmy Like the Award, which even has an endorsement from Russell Brand, and her incredible story of getting it on the page. There's nothing to writing. All you do is sit down at a typewriter and bleed. Welcome to The Bleeders, a podcast and support group about book writing and publishing. I'm writer and podcaster Courtney Kosak, and each week I'll bring you new conversations with authors, agents, and publishers about how to write and sell books. So let's get into it with today's guest, Emmy Olea. Okay, well, I was so excited to discover, basically, when we had you on Private Parts Unknown, that Crumbs was initially like a book project. And I was so in love with the podcast that I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait for it to become a book. So I thought you would be a perfect guest, Emmy, for work in progress. And welcome to Bleeders. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me again. I'm really excited. So yeah, I guess let's start. What's the premise? And we're going to get into crumbs in a second, but how is it the same and different? Well, <laughs> let's see. So I mean, like the award is a book for anyone who's ever felt ashamed of who they are, whether they're struggling with addiction, trauma, sexuality, gender identity. I felt like my story can show them that it's possible to be seen, heard, and loved for their authentic selves, no matter who they are, where they come from, or what they've been through. It's a book about hope. It's different than Crumbs in a sense of well, there's a lot more content, that's for sure, right? <laughs> Crumbs was pretty much tailored around my dating life and then a childhood story that correlates with a similar feeling or emotion. And Emmy, like the award, just starts from the very beginning. I go into some backstory of my grandmother, how it is that she came to the U.S., how my mother was born. And then we start with my journey as like being born to a 14-year-old child, essentially. Uh -huh. All the way up until you know, kind of present life. 
So crumbs, how did that come out of the book? When I finished writing the book, I started writing the book proposal. I started collecting testimonials from friends. I got a testimonial from Robert Morse, Russell Brand, uh, my friend Beck Cohen. I got a testimonial. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, well, I had met Russell uh, through mutual friends. And so we just kind of had a little bit of rapport and I shared with him that I was writing a book. He had gifted me one of his books. And so that's how it just started. And then I asked my friend Utkash Ambudkar to write a testimonial for me. He's also an actor. And he called me. He's like, hey, Emmy, do you mind if I pass this along to a friend of mine who would be riveted to hear your story? And so the book proposal had sample chapters. It did not have the whole manuscript, obviously. But then Alex Pumero called me and said, hey, would you like to do a podcast? I see something really, really good here and it could be a great topic for a podcast. So I thought about it because being a podcaster, even being a writer was not something that was in my horizon. Like I did not ever see that me Uh becoming that. So I thought about it and I was very nervous and I said, you know what? Sure, let's do it. You know, one of my mentors always taught me when the universe presents you with opportunities, always say yes. Amazing. Yes. When did you first like consider yourself a writer? And then when did you start writing this book specifically? The reason I started writing the book is because I talk about this in my podcast, how I'm sober. I've been sober for 14 years. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the recovery world, we go and we share our stories with people to give them hope, right? We share our experience, our strength, and our hope. And after meetings, people would come up to me and ask, have you written a book? Your story is really interesting. Yeah, I think you could help so many people by writing a book. And I ran this by my sponsor at the time. And she's like, well, maybe you should just try writing a little bit. And maybe you can see it as therapy. It could be therapeutic for you. Uh And so I started writing chronologically from the moment I was born and everything and how I became Emmy and all of the struggles that I went through in my addiction, in my alcoholism, and even in my transition, like all that stuff. And then that just turned into more work and more pages and more writing. And then finally somebody said, I want you to meet someone who is a writer and she writes for TV shows and I feel like your book would be great for her. Amazing. And so we met, we had this meeting and it's funny because I start my book with that meeting. Oh, yeah. I'll go I'll go into it right now. But what happened is so I met this woman. We had this really swanky lunch at the Beverly Hills Hotel. <laughs> and she was like, Emmy, this is good. I want you to keep writing. I want you to keep writing and then we're gonna start a treatment. And we're gonna do this. We're gonna, you know, she had all she had this vision, she had all these plans, and she sent over a few treatments and she said, This is what what I'm planning to do. I want you to write. I think at the time I had only written 84 pages. And she said, I want you to make it to 150. I was like, okay, I can do that. So I took my time. I started writing in 2017. And I would write on my lunch breaks after work. It was just something that I would do on the weekends. But then I would get so sad just reliving that past. You know, you, you know a little bit of my, about my childhood. It was. There's a lot, yeah. 
it was different. Yeah. So I would get a little sad, bummed out, and I put it down, and I wouldn't want to touch it for weeks. And then when I got to 150 pages, I was already in a new relationship, and I was distracted by that. So I didn't put a lot of work into the book at the time. And then, as you know, that relationship ended. Uh And when that relationship ended, oh my God, I was like so bummed out. And then one of my friends said, you know, you've had a really shitty year. You had your breakup. Your grandfather just passed away. Let's go to Barcelona. And I thought, Barcelona? He's like, yeah, we're going to go. It's going to be great. So I get to Barcelona and I'm like depressed about my breakup. I'm not having a good time. (laughs) And I find this little nook in this Airbnb that we were staying in. And I just grabbed my laptop and I said, I'm going to rewrite this book here. And that's what I did. I rewrote it in Barcelona for the the whole time that I was there. I was pretty much stuck in this little nook, just typing and typing and writing. And I said, I'm going to change the beginning. I'm going to change the ending. And so I went back and changed the, the beginning to my breakup. So I started present day. And funny enough, this meeting that I had scheduled with this woman at that, that lunch meeting at the Beverly Hills Hotel uh-huh. happened three days after my breakup. Like it was already scheduled. And I had broke up with him on a Sunday and on my meeting was on Wednesday morning. And I was like, I don't want to do this fucking meeting. Uh-huh. I don't want to go. Like I can't even get out of bed. So I thought of my grandmother. I'm like, what would she do? And so I got up. That was the first time like I showered and did my hair and makeup. And I'm driving to this meeting, crying, and I get there. And then she gives me this kind of validation about my story and the book mm-hmm. and the vision that she had. And, and that's why I went back to Barcelona and just, I started it with that breakup, this meeting that I had, and just getting a little, a glimpse of hope that everything was going to be okay. Amazing. And then, okay, so you're in Barcel- Barcelona. Barcelona. <laughs> You're in Barcelona and you rewrite it in what, like the matter of a week or like, this is incredible. In the span of 10 days. Wow. Wow. And like the version that it's in now is pretty close to that, that version. It is. Mm -hmm. It's very close. After I came back from Barcelona, I hired an editor. She helped me change a few things here and there, but the story pretty much stayed the same. And then I, I did the book proposal got the testimonials. Then Alex reached out. He said, let's do the podcast. And yeah, after we started, well, actually, I started querying before Alex called me about the podcast. Okay, let's talk about the query process, because I definitely wanted to get into that. So when you got back, and you felt good about the draft that it was in, what were you doing? Who were you going out to? Everybody and their mother. (laughs) 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 just papering bus stops i wrote a book bitches (laughs) so i have a friend amy dresner she has an amazing book called my fair junkie and it's a recovery memoir she helped me so much with the whole reaching out what the email should look like she read my sample chapter she also gave me an amazing testimonial and she has a pretty successful book And she just really helped me. She guided me through this process of reaching out to literary agents. And I think I sent about, I started querying in June of 2020. So in the middle of a pandemic, Uh everything shut down. (laughs) But I had a lot of time. So I would research literary agents and see who was into like memoirs, who was into LGBT topics, who was into recovery. 
And then I just put together the spreadsheet and I started sending them. I started in June and then I stopped querying in December. I would just get a lot of maybes like, oh, you know, I like the voice, but I don't know. I don't feel like the writing experience is there yet kind of thing. Uh. And so I'm like, okay, well, she said, rewrite this. Somebody told me rewrite this and email me back in six months. And then in December, uh, I had already started recording the podcast. And this literary agent said, she called me and she said, Emmy, I love your story. I couldn't put it down. I was having dinners with my family, with my husband. They were like, can you put your, your phone down? Because she was on her phone just reading my story. And she fell in love with it. It was captivating for her. And she said, I would love to rep you. Yes. Amazing. And then have you guys been like getting it ready to go out to publishers? Have you already started? Where are you at? She has started the process of getting it to publishers. I feel like she sent it to a pretty decent amount of publishers. I've gotten some feedback. Some people love the story, mm-hmm. but they don't feel like recovery memoirs will do well. There's so much other stuff in there, though. There is. I'm wondering like how much of it they read, right? Because yeah. it's very well-rounded in different topics. It's not just about recovery. And so... I don't know. I'm just, I just see the emails come in with my submission report and some people, they're captivated by it, but then the sales team won't go for it Uh or the marketing team won't go for it. Or they feel like my platform isn't big enough, right? It always comes back to- Even with the podcast? That's so weird. But yeah, I know it does always come back to that. And you're like, if I'm not an influencer, like what- what do you want from me? <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't have a million followers, but I don't know. I feel like it'll come at its right time. Mm-hmm. I know she's working hard because she believes in it and she wants to get it out there. And one of my mentors, she always said, you know, all you need is one yes. Like when I was in this process, yes. my sponsor, she would say, Emmy, you just need one yes. And I was, you know, you start feeling defeated. It's kind of like with acting, right? You, you submit your auditions, mm-hmm. you don't get any feedback. And or you're in the mix for things and then you don't book it. And it's the same thing with querying. It was like, oh, what do I do now? Maybe mm-hmm. like, maybe my, my story's not worth telling. Maybe it's just like, you know, that was like my thought process back then. Maybe my story's just not worth telling or maybe da 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 da. You know, we come up with these false ideas of what things are. Right. And so I remember the, the moment that, you know, Sharon, my literary agent called me and I hung up the phone. I called my sponsor. I'm like, Georgia, I got a yes. (laughs) (laughs) She was just over the moon, so excited for me. And yeah, it's been a process. So are you kind of just like, okay, this is my baby. I'm going to focus on this. Are you starting to work on something else? This is my baby. It is like my number one Mm -hmm. passion project that I want to get out there. But I did start writing a a screenplay uh, earlier this year. So I'm, I'm working on that too. So as you can see, there's an evolution, right? I I never thought I'd be a writer. I never thought I'd be a podcaster. And yet here I am. You know what, though? I think if you have like a signature story, I'm working on a thing called Girl Gone Wild. And it's kind of my coming of age. And the big title-based story is that I sold t-shirts on the Girls Gone Wild tour. And it like totally... I was 21 and it fucked up my head and made me like see the patriarchy for what it is and you know Uh all this like what it means to exploit other people and that's kind of like my 
main story right now at this point in my life. And so I have it in, you know, the memoir and essays. I'm writing a script about it. I have a podcast idea. And your thing is kind of the same way where you're like, yeah, no, I love that. My story has like several iterations. And I think as you're working on the different versions, they kind of feed each other. Do you find that? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I really do see that. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, so Crumbs is bilingual. I'm curious, is the manuscript all in English or do you incorporate any Spanish? The manuscript is all in English. There's a couple Spanish words here and there, like when I quote my grandmother or when I quote someone. But my plan would be to get it written in Spanish as well. Mm, Nice. Yeah, it should be. If you were going to do comps for the book version of this story, what would you say? One of my biggest writing influences growing up, I think, or this is how I envisioned it. I love Sandra Cisneros. She wrote The House on Mango Street, Women Hollering Creek, like all these. That's what I would read as a teenager. Mm. And I just remember her voice just was something that I fell in love with. And I always wanted to be raw and authentic like her. Mm. Like I, I remember being 14 years old, like riding my, the bus to school and reading this book and she's talking about his skin. His skin was as soft as the skin on his penis. And it just, I was like so captive by stupid things like that. But it was like, oh my God, like I was picturing it and I could feel like how thin and silky. Yes, textural. Exactly. Like, I, And that's what I wanted the book to be like. So I always, that was one of my, my biggest influences. I love that. I wrote some in my proposal. So there's um, Becoming Eve. Oh, I could see that. My journey from an ultra-Orthodox rabbi to transgender women. Which, by the way, my initial title for the book was Becoming Emmy. And then I was like, oh, I discovered Becoming Eve. I was like, oh, no, it has to be completely different. Uh-huh. So that, that's why I, I changed it. It's just a working title. I don't know. It can change. Maybe it should be called Crumbs. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Crumbs is such a good title. I agree. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here's Emmy Olea reading an excerpt from her work in progress. Emmy, like the award. My mother's friends started selling heroin in Tijuana, and my mother started smuggling it into the U.S. and slinging it to make ends meet. I spent almost that entire summer in Tijuana where my mom taught me how to drive. If you can drive in Tijuana, you can drive really anywhere. It was during this time that my mother's friend's daughter's boyfriend offered me crystal meth, and I tried it for the very first time. I snorted it, and it burned the hell out of my nose. 
When I was in Tijuana, I was helping my mother sell heroin. She taught me how to weigh the drugs so that whenever she wasn't home or was indisposed, I could sell to the junkies who would knock on the door and exchange their $10 bill for dimes of heroin. Insanity. La Nola was known for attracting druggies and other eccentric tenants, which made for some very interesting people watching. One of these tenants was a masculine cholo who was washing his car almost on a daily basis. I guess this is when I discovered that I like boys. He had this burgundy lowrider, and at that time, I considered him to be very handsome in his white wife beater. He'd play Oli's music really loud, and I'd sit near the window admiring his muscles and tattoos. But I was always too shy to talk to him. Heroin sales continued, but we'd have to cross it back from Tijuana, so we would meet up with my mom's friend and bring it back with us to sell. On our way back from Tijuana one night, we were at the U.S. border crossing going up a ramp when my mother nodded off. The car slipped off the road until part of it was hanging off the edge. My sisters and I started crying. I panicked. The vendors at the border all rushed towards the car and held it so the car wouldn't fall off the cliff. It was a miracle that they managed to pull us onto the road again. Otherwise, things could have gone really bad. My mother asked me not to tell anyone what had happened. <laughs> oh my God. You have lived. <laughs> I love that story. I, I forgot because, you know, we, we grow up and we forget certain things. And it's not until like I wrote the book that I remember that I would help my mom sell heroin. And like that was like <laughs> that experience of crazy. Totally crazy. Oh, my God. I love that they helped you guys. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. Okay. I know this might be like Sophie's choice, but what's your all time favorite piece of your own writing? One of my favorite things that I've written about is talking about my grandmother. I talk about her a lot in the podcast and she was my first really parental figure that I had mm-hmm. that was stable. And I learned so much about the woman that I wanted to become from her. So when I write about her, like in the book, when I've written about her, there's just so much love in that writing. Mm, I love that. Okay, well, I want to see this book (laughs) become a reality. What would you say is your biggest challenge right now? Is just like getting read, getting that one yes? My biggest challenge right now, I I would say, is just, I guess, getting it published. Yeah. So getting that one yes, like like you said, it's being sent to them. And I know she's working hard on it. We're going to put out a manifestation right now because... This should be on the shelves. So hopefully we can have you back when it is about to come out and then talk about it as as the final product. So thank you so much for sharing all your story and your process. Where can people find you online? I'm on all social media, Emiolea11. And everyone should listen to Crumbs for sure. Yes, go listen to Crumbs. It's so good. <laughs> Thank you so much, Emmy. Thanks, Courtney. It was great chatting with you. That's it for this edition of The Bleeders. If you missed the last episode with Chelsea Martin, make sure to go back and check it out. Chelsea is a prolific indie powerhouse, and her interview was so good. Here is a little preview of that conversation. So I think, like, even in college, I was trying to write about my relationship with my dad and, like, all the weird things he did to me and... Like, I was always trying to fictionalize it and make Mm -hmm. it something else, and it just never worked. And 
you know, I just couldn't let it go. Like I just kept trying. So eventually I was like, I sh I'm just gonna write an essay. I'm just gonna get it out plainly and truthfully. And then once I did that, it felt like over for me, mm -hmm. which was a very just freeing feeling because I was so wrapped up in it and like had such a hard time with it for years. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Bleeders. Ugh, writing is so much better with friends. I'm your host, Courtney Kosak. And hey, let's connect on social media. I am at Courtney Kosak, K-O-C-A-K on Twitter and Instagram. And make sure you're signed up for The Bleeders Companion Substack. There's a link in the episode description. And I hope you'll join me next Thursday for a fantastic interview with El Nash. In the meantime, happy bleeding! With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.